Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike. I'm so grateful to you for listening to today's show and every show, of course. But today in particular is a fascinating debate uh, playing out not just here in Utah, but if you were watching the floor of the U.S. House just this morning, uh, the members of Congress there in the House cast a fascinating vote. They debated throughout the morning as to whether or not, and this is all, again, surrounding the Equal Rights Amendment, The they debated this morning on the floor of the U.S. House as to whether or not they should lift a deadline uh, which had been in place for ratification of the Equal Rights Amendment. This comes not long after Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia, ratified uh, becoming the 38th state to, to do so, and that's the required number for uh, passage of uh, an amendment to the Constitution. But there are so many uh, like legal questions, and it's very easy to get uh, trapped in those details, and I am guilty of that. I, I get uh, like procedure and process and rules and precedents. I, I get uh, sucked into that and sometimes lose sight of the substance of the debate. So I'm going to take a step back. We're going to set aside all the Supreme Court stuff. We're going to set aside the deadline debate, and we're going to talk uh, in this segment simply about the merits uh, of the Equal Rights Amendment. Joining me in studio, I'm very grateful to her, is Kelly Jones, co-chair of the Utah ERA Coalition. Uh, Ma'am, I'm grateful to you for for joining me here in studio today. How are you? I'm so happy to be here. It's a great day. You were in the break telling me about something that you and folks you're working with are doing up at Utah's Capitol Hill. What, what is that? We've been standing as silent sentinels, something the suffragists did years ago to gain the vote. Every day of the legislative session, we've had someone there holding a sign asking for full equality under the law for Utah women and women across the nation. We don't currently have that? We don't have that. What we have instead are some amazing laws and and policies that have grown up in the place of the Equal Rights Amendment, and we need them. They're terrific. But they've been cobbled together in such a way that there are holes and gaps, and they can be walked back. Now, Utah, when we formed uh, this great state, when the Constitution was initially drafted, we addressed this issue, right? We did. We have an equality clause in our own state constitution that exactly mirrors the language of the Equal Rights Amendment. It says, shall not be abridged or denied on account of sex. There is a, a bit of legislation which would move towards ratification of the Equal Rights Amendment here in the state of Utah. You, you following yes. that, I'm sure? Yes, HJR 007, like James Bond. Oh, very cool. Representative and, and 007, Hold on a second. Here's a little, little movie trivia. The big James Bond news this year, the big James Bond trivia this year, is that 007, that designation, will be uh, given to a woman in the next uh, James Bond Would movie. love to see that, and seven is always the lucky number. T- tell us about uh, tell us about the efforts to to bring that about. So we've been working this year with a bipartisan coalition 
of groups across Utah, amazing men and women who are interested in making sure that women's rights are fully protected under the law. And we have equal pay laws, we have sexual harassment laws, but we've shown, we've seen even just this year with the defunding of the Violence Against Women Act, that those, those laws can be changed. They can be defunded, as VAWA was, and, and then our state is left scrambling trying to figure out how are we going to pay for domestic violence, an issue that's really timely and important in Utah, where one in three women experience brutal violence compared to one in four in the nation. Help, help me understand. Uh, I said I was going to try to step away from the mechanics and the and the the, the nitty gritty details of of procedure here. But help me understand what does a uh, how much support must uh, a ratification measure gain in a state for passage? What do we, what needs to happen? Who? How many people need to vote for this? So first of all, right now we find ourselves in rules committee for the third year, and what has to happen is the rules committee has to vote it out so that it can be heard by a regular committee. That gives us a chance to really say, hey, this is what this is about. And that's really what we're asking for this year. Please allow it out of rules committee. We ask Speaker Wilson to consider allowing us to come in and speak to the merits of the of this important amendment. We know that amendments are not passed for just anything. And this amendment was passed in 1972. And that it meant that it was important enough that we would change our Constitution. And, and so it's important enough in Utah that we set this important example to the nation of respect for women. What have you seen in terms of support uh, in the Rules Committee and then specifically uh, from Speaker Wilson? So we've had tremendous support, and we've we've been able to garner support across the aisle. So particular representatives, Representative Winter, Representative Ward, Representative um, Senator Weiler, actually is my representative, mm-hmm. and, and also Representative Ballard, two Republicans from Davis County, where I'm from, and they support ratification in Utah this year. And it's not just our representatives. So obviously they represent us, but three independent polls have shown that 70% of Utahns want this to happen and not just nationwide, but right here in Utah. There is some pushback. We heard on the floor of the U.S. House this this morning, uh, members of female members of the House, uh, Debbie Lesko and Vicki Hartzler, Talking about, uh, at least as my memory serves, uh, a relatively new element to this debate, and it is that of abortion. Their assertion is that passage of the Equal Rights Amendment would uh, lead to uh, taxpayer dollars funding the uh, abortion. Uh, So I, I would love to answer that for you. There is no straight line between abortion and the Equal Rights Amendment. So years ago in the 70s, that was one of the arguments that was used. Gay marriage was one of the arguments. And abortion is something that was supposed to kind of scare us away from this amendment. And the reality is, is both of those things are the law of the land right now and have have happened without the Equal Rights Amendment. Why is it that this has become a partisan issue? For the most part, it is divided along party lines. In the House just this morning when they were debating and ultimately voting on whether or not to remove the deadline, there were only four Republicans, I'm sorry, five Republicans who voted to undo this, ostensibly a a vote cast in support of the Equal Rights Amendment. I'd point out that uh, one of those five, uh, Utah's own John Curtis. Why is this political? Congressman Curtis and Congressman McAdams show us the way the way to go forward in Utah for the Equal Rights Amendment by joining in a bipartisan way and saying this is just the right thing to do. Um, 
I, I want to just mention yesterday I was up at the Capitol because we were celebrating suffrage. And tomorrow they'll be celebrating the first woman to vote, a, a Utah woman. So we're celebrating these amazing milestones for women. And, and every one of the senators and representatives up there was pinned with a yellow rose. And I just want to say that if you were pinned with a yellow rose yesterday and were speaking about the importance of continuing to support women and continuing the fight for full equality, then I expect you to jump on board with this bill. This is the moment to speak up. Um, if you were willing, wearing that yellow rose yesterday, I want to hear you speaking up for Utah women today because this is something tangible that you can do this year to raise the level and the standard of respect for women right here in our state and set a tremendous example across the nation. The next step in the process for this measure is for it to emerge from the Rules Committee and, and potentially have time on the floor? Yes. So we are a bit in flex. There are obviously some legal hurdles to overcome, but we couldn't even address those until we hit the 38th state threshold. Utah can be the exclamation point on that 38th state. Very good. Kelly Jones, co-chair of the Utah ERA Coalition, joining me talking about uh, her support and the support, uh, obviously, by the coalition for the passage and ratification of the Equal Rights Amendment. Kelly, I'm grateful to you for your time. Happy to be here. Thank you so much. Next up, uh, as you well know on these things, there are always two sides of the issue. We're going to explore the other side, uh, those who would like to see this uh, not past. Uh, we'll be joined by Gail Rizika, president of the Utah Eagle Forum, next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.